Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome to How to Live Podcast Uncut. Uh, Today, I'm going to be sharing about four unavoidable realities that whether we like it or not, whether we deal with them or not, we face these things every single day. So these are the four realities, starting with number one, and I'll give a short uh, explanation about each one. Number one is that the clumsy is as good as we're ever going to get. And what I mean by that is in spite of all of our aspirations and even our inspirations, that our our picture of perfection is never going to be completely fulfilled. Even though we can uh, sometimes stand very near the fulfillment of what we seek Even then, though, it will sort of uh, eventually slip through our hands like water poured into our palms. So clumsy is as good as we get. And I've spoken about this before some, but that we really do, in spite of our sophistication and how we dress ourselves up, we do sort of fumble, mumble, and bumble through life. We are in pointing towards the reality that we really do need each other and we need a power greater than ourselves to assist us and walk with us on this um, daily and uh, from here to when we're finished uh, daily reality. And but clumsy isn't uh, a a negative as much as it's a reality. It doesn't speak to our uh, inadequacies and insufficiencies more as much as it speaks to our reality of our imperfection. So we're, we're born hungering for something that we can't make, can't shape, can't do, and yet we're not made to quit because of that. Yes, we will feel sad and hurt and lonely and and angry, uh, sometimes uh, uh, toxic shame, uh, guilt in terms of our attempts to run from it and the harm it does to ourselves and others. And at the same time, we can even find some gladness in the amazing courage of knowing that we're we're going to slip and fall on the ice in numerous attempts not to, and yet we go anyway. And, you know, ultimately, the reality of a great athlete versus a good athlete is the great athlete sees nothing but the ball. In other words, they're willing to miss to get. A a good athlete is often more concerned with the appearance and the success than the the absolute compelled craving to go get. And I've seen even some athletes that aren't as, um, say, naturally gifted as others, and yet they they are astounding in what they're able to do with what they brought because of that desire of heart. So clumsy is as good as we get. And uh, I've used the expression before um, that we're all like giraffes uh, uh, skating on ice. and my, so uh, I'll, I'll stop with that one. Secondly, um, stop there with that one. Secondly, we have to live life on life's terms. And life presents us with a, a path and a process that we have to contend with. 
And life on life's terms, if I were going to just sort of give us a, a snapshot, concise summary, is uh, for those people who thrive, is that life is tragic and God is faithful. And in that conflict, we have to be able to do relationship to experience God is faithful within the context of the grief that life is tragic. Um, and, I've, you know, you can come up with numerous examples of tragedy, um, injustice, uh, lack of peace, uh, inability to find complete safety. No matter how much we strive for it, we can't find a home in which uh, everything is made to be what we really picture it could be in a thing called home. Uh, from years ago, the space shuttle exploding uh, upon launch. It's just that, uh, that, that one tiny mistake, one uh, algorithm that didn't work out completely in terms of concrete terms, and we, we all witnessed tragedy. So life in life's terms is that there is that we live within the context of struggle and if we're not able to struggle well which means live in the live in what we're able to do in the process of how life works then we're not able to succeed in in terms of thriving so we to live life on life's terms we have to be good at struggle so in clumsy you have to be good at facing that it takes courage to go and the the freest people in of clumsiness are the people who uh, just see nothing but the ball. In other words, they're not controlled by the approval of others. They're more compelled by the courage to reach. Life on life's terms is uh, absolutely um, willing to uh, face and feel uh, the struggle of it and go anyway and know that there's a process that we have to contend with as we take each step daily. The third reality that is unavoidable is that life is about practice. And it, it, it's really a, a quick and easy way to illustrate that, that doctors are actually practicing medicine. They're doing their best educated uh, action um, and um, hope and uh, willingness to take risks, but they're doing their, their best effort through their education and caring of heart to ameliorate pain, but they're still practicing. So when the anesthesiologist leans over to, to tell you, uh, I'll see you on the other side, uh, after going into um, uh, anesthesia effects, um, it, it's like he, he could whisper to you, by the way, I'm practicing, which will, which will, of course, let you know that mistakes can happen. The doctor leans over and says, by the way, the surgeon says, I'm practicing too. So it, it means that we all need to fully participate in what's happening, ask plenty of questions and say plenty of prayers because uh, life has lots of mistakes in it. And sometimes even mistakes cost lives. Um, so we're all practicing. Doctors are practicing. Lawyers are practicing. Parents are practicing. People are practicing the full experience of carrying eternity in our chest, and yet living within the context of that we can't find the actual fulfillment of what we wish. So we're all practicing. There is no actual um, game time. In other words, with the time when you finally uh, practice enough that you now it's time to bring your A game. 
it's not game time because every day is game time. And therefore, this and at the same time, it's not dress rehearsal. What we do matters. So knowing that everything's practiced doesn't lower the pressure, but it makes room for us to live within the context of helping each other and forgiving each other and offering mercy to each other and uh, acknowledging when we do or don't bring our best efforts. I remember uh, I have a brother who flies for a uh, uh, airline, has been flying for years and years. And um, he was uh, uh, caught up in a, 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 a situation in which he really needed to leave where he was planning to land because of wind shears and storms and had to fly to another destination to wait the storm to clear. And after the storm had cleared, they had gone past a number of hours to fly and they're trained to tell the truth about their limitations. And at the same time, corporate production also tends to diminish limitations. And the very thing they're asked to do, there's a tendency to refuse uh, the willingness to do. And so um, when they attempted to make the, the second round of flights, finally, he said, we're not safe to fly. We've gone past our limits. And if they did put themselves in the air, they were going to be at a higher risk of something tragic occurring rather than the normal probabilities. So he, he said, we, we're not able to fly. And several times, the, the, the person on the ground at, desk, at the, uh, uh, the central site said, are you sure you're not able to fly? And like it, the, the message was pressing, are you sure, are you sure? And he finally declared, I, we are not capable of flying. And so he, that is the benefit of what it means to acknowledge practicing is facing limitations, acknowledging need for mercy, uh, encouraging others' participations, and saying plenty of prayers. And then the fourth unavoidable reality is that it takes a lifetime to learn how to live. This one I don't like, and I'm also coming to clearer and clearer conclusions that as I age, that it is the fact that um, no matter how uh, old we get or how long we live, we still have multitude of the same questions that every four-year-old or 40-year-old is going to ask. Will it hurt? How long is it going to take to get there? When will this end? When will this start? Are you going to be with me? Am I going to be alone? Do I belong? Do I matter? Am I loved? Do I love? Did I do well? Um, and those questions, and you come up with your own thousand questions, but it takes a lifetime to learn how to live, which means between now and when we're finished, we have to decide every day whether or not we are going to uh, be students of life rather than commanders over life. And the most successful people are students of life they're still generating at the end of their lives because they're still willing to ask the questions and leave themselves in the humility of facing that they don't know everything, but they're seriously interested in everything. So you see, through these four unavoidable realities, we end up facing the struggle of living every single day. If you can't face them, then you will simply attempt to live your life surviving them and yet we're created with eternity in our hearts to thrive. So I'm saying that we're capable of thriving within the context of a world that demands that survival be our highest 
aspiration. So we have to live inspired to be able to live within the context, live fully within the context of those four realities. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast. Now, there is a, um, a courage that we see required to know that we're all works in progress. That's not going to change. We're not works of perfection, but works in progress. So, which means that we're going to step into the realities of it being exposed every single day is limited. So we're works in progress. And number two, you and I can see that it requires a lot of courage to be able to step into knowing that where we're headed won't be as complete as we picture it could be unless we lower, greatly lower our expectations, wishes, and dreams. And courage is full-hearted participation, how to keep heart amidst the reality of the very things that are going to leave our heart sad or wounded or hurt or lonely. So courage and then also uh, living within the context of being a work in progress. So how do we go about doing that so that we thrive instead of just survive? Well, it comes back to over and over again, um, the reality of facing that that the frontier is always before us. It was a, It's an ancient frontier, and it's one that we have to contend with. But we're called to, created to, made to, and need to gain the skill of that allows us to thrive, the ability to continue to face and feel our lives. I continue to say that we've been given eight tools that allow us to live fully in a tragic place. And all eight of those tools today we, we look at from the context because those feelings are like a prism. There's so many different ways to look at them and find the benefit of them. But today we're looking at them from the context of every single feeling of the eight feelings that I'm hoping you're familiar with. Every single one of those feelings pulls us towards relational exposure. They all, uh, the feelings put us in a position of needing, whether it's needing to grieve, needing to be heard or listened to, needing to matter, needing guidance. And all of those needs that are touched are, are, are ways of expressing and allowing us to move towards that which we desire. And then <clears throat> the, that which we desire, of course, is attached to longing to build a world that is better than the one that we're living in. And we're made to attempt to do that. And at the same time, know that it probably won't be, it will not be everything we're capable of picturing, but it's still worth doing. There's a beautiful song by Martina McBride. I believe the name of it is called Do It Anyway, knowing full well that it won't necessarily happen as we wish, that the beauty is, even as works in progress, we courageously step towards it anyway. So facing our fears and facing our feelings and uh, having our feelings and dealing with our feelings is uh, the way to remain connected to uh, ourselves, others, and God so that we can have our best life 
now. And so uh, facing, feeling, and then dealing. And that's an everyday experience. Now, the fact is that we, we don't stop thinking. The fact is that we're, we're, we, we uh, hunger for food and we need water to drink. Well, the fact is that we need to deal with our feelings to live within the context of our uh, limitations and imperfections. So the more we share together is the more we have together. And the more we have together, the more efficiently, efficaciously, and uh, joyfully are able to fight more together in a war of love for thriving in a life that is ultimately not complete until we're done. So I don't like what I just said, but I'm going to repeat it. That by connecting, we're able to share more together, which strengthens us, which allows us to have more together to produce and um, uh, a bounty that we would not have separately, which allows us to fight more together in a war of love for thriving in a life that until we're completely done with it, is not going to be everything we wish it to be. So we share more together, so we can have more together, so we can fight more together in a war of love for something that is uh, worth the pain, that allows us to thrive in a life that is not fully complete until we're in the next. Okay, so as, as we close today, it still is about feeling your feelings, telling the truth about your feelings, and giving it to the process. In other words, offering it up to life on life's terms. We're created for connection in relationship with ourselves, others, and God to be able to thrive as close as possible to completing eternity in our chest while knowing that we don't know where the beginning or the ending is for so much of our daily lives. And um, it, I'll end with uh, this um it, 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 it's childlike, even childish, that we tend to even remove ourselves from it. But this is the, re, the truth amidst the four realities. This really is a world of laughter and a world of tears. It really is a world of hopes and a, a world of fears. And I'm, some of you are already catching on that one, I don't sing, but two is it's a song that I'm quoting. And I'll, I'll continue. It goes on to say there's so much that we share that it's time that we're aware it's a small world after all. Uh, and some of you recognize that is the song that plays over and over and over again on a ride in Disneyland, Disney World, probably in Paris and Shanghai. It's sort of the staple foundational statement of the Disney inspiration. And it, it's, it's, it's a ride that shows all the children from all over the world uh, dressed in all their cultural garb. And then at the end of the ride, what it shows is that everyone is dressed in the same color and they're all singing the song through the identification that below the differences of culture there is the sameness of kinship. And the sameness of kinship is through admission 
of what is common amongst us, that we all deal with the same realities, and at the same time, we're made for uh, connection, that it is a world of laughter, a world of fear, it's a world of hopes, and and a world of tears. But there's so much that we share that it's time that we're aware it's a small world after all. And that's, that is a child song made to be lived out in a grown-up world, which means that that which can put us together allows us to fight in a war of love for something, not just against something, but for something that is what we're made to live like. Now, we, you and I, as we close, are created as emotional and spiritual creatures created to live fully in a tragic place. But we can't live fully unless we're doing so in relationship. My head and my heart connected, my head and my heart being able to connect with you, and my head and my heart connecting with the God who is relational. That allows us not just to have connection, but to have production out of connection. That we together, of course, are more than we are apart. Isolation is the deadly killer. Expansion into community is the that which allows us to have more together than we can apart. Um, so as we close, thank you for listening. And um, I hope that you have a good day, rest of the day. But that little song, child song, in a grown-up version, allows us to become people of empathy, people of compassion, people of creativity, and and people of service. And that is uh, the maximum life, to be able to live uh, as a person of empathy, undefeated, recognition of humanity, compassion, continuing to care in spite of everything that goes on around me that says stop, creativity in spite of all the failures, we can continue to look towards the horizon of solution and service to others is giving to others what was given to us, which means that you you automatically are experiencing gratitude or you wouldn't be offering. So anyway, God bless you. And I'll close for now. I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. Thank you.